Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So when I wake up, they don't know who to bet. Every time Blackjack says no, Andy, it hurts. When Sunday comes and I don't know who to play. Enough, Eli. Blackjack Fletcher Action Network is with me at Blackjack Fletch on Twitter. What's up, Blackjack? Oh, I see you. Uh, you found one of my masterpieces. I was pretty upset I didn't get a Grammy nomination for that one, but I think I might have missed the cutoff. So maybe next year. Well, Blackjack, I was tweeting about that that morning. Not, not that part that Eli took off because, of course, Eli messed it up. What's the shocker there? But uh, the, the, singing the Chad Millman part, I watched that a mo- one morning, like a Saturday morning at my kid's soccer practice and played it like 10 times in the bleachers. I couldn't get out of my head the rest of the day, so I can hate you for that one. Well, the pleasure is mine, Joe. It's, uh, trust me, every time I hear the real song, I hear my version as well, unfortunately, <laughs> so it's in my head, too. Oh, man. All right. Big day today, Super Bowl 53. Now, but first off, I, I love your podcast that you do with Chad Millman for the Action Network. And thank, thank, you. thank you for being a man of the people, the anti Millmans, the anti Mike Greenbergs. I just want to thank you for that. Wow. Wow. You, you are putting a step in my step today, my friend. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, give me your handicap, the blackjack handicap on this game. Uh, the books refuse to get off of the two-and-a-half, so it looks like we're going to yeah. close at a consensus two-and-a-half. What you got? Blackjack? Nope. Are you there? All right, check. Eli, put him on hold. Check back in with Blackjack in just a moment. I don't know if he's – he could be in an establishment. That's definitely a possibility. Maybe a subway. I know he's in New York right now. So, okay, he, he's still there. All right, let's check back in. Hey, Blackjack, lost you for a second. No problem. So what's your handicap on this game? You know, Joe, I, I look at this game, and I think that I still think it's going to touch three at some books for a few minutes today, but not very long. I just can't get past the fact that we've got an exceptionally motivated New England Patriots team off of a Super Bowl loss. And we kind of know what Belichick likes to do in this spot, right? He's going to take away what you want to do most, which feels like the running game. I think if Jared Goff goes out and plays the game of his life and the Rams win, I think Bill Belichick can live with that. 
What, what about the total? Let me, let me tell you where I'm coming from. I think the 56 and a half, 57, it was higher earlier on. I think yep. the total is about right, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to bet on the total. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we've seen slower starts before, so I think the under in the first half and the over in the second half is a strong play. My friend, I think you've handicapped that perfectly because I think that's generally, especially the Patriots, for whatever reason, they tend to start slow in Super Bowls. And I think there's a lot to that, though, because there's kind of a feeling out process. It's almost like a heavyweight title fight, right? Like the first couple of rounds, you're just kind of feeling each other out a little bit before you settle in and get comfortable. And that may be more of an issue with the Rams because they just don't have players with that experience in this game. So, uh, yeah, first half under, full game over. Kind of like it. Let's say we're wrong about that and we have a higher scoring first half. Are you willing to go under in the second half when Maroon 5 is out there? Oh, no. We're doubling down. We're going over again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to be with you on that one. What is the top blackjack prop of the day? Well, uh, there's a few of them that I really like. I like Tom Brady to have over a half a rushing yard. Um, and that's because the Rams bring pressure up the middle. When Wait. we see Brady get pressured from the edge, he yeah. just steps up in the pocket and throws the ball. Yes. But when the pressure comes from the middle, he's going to have to move around a little bit more. He also likes to do those quarterback sneaks that we see so often. I'll take over a half a yard. Okay, now are you concerned? Now you think the Patriots are going to win this game. Are you concerned about some kneel downs kneel at down. the end? No, I think this game obviously ends on a Rob Gronkowski interception while he's playing safety on a Jared Goff Hail Mary. Are you doing Gronk MVP? <laughs> no. <laughs> there, that other than Tom Brady for MVPs. Yeah, crazy. I know. There, there are some people jumping on the Gronk. It, it was uh, much higher earlier no. on. But if it's a Patriots win, I mean, James White couldn't get it when he scored three touchdowns. There's exactly. no way nobody, anybody else is getting it aside from TB. No chance. All right, pregame props. You in on uh, Team Fluff or Rough? I'm not betting the Puppy Bowl. I frankly am disappointed you even asked. <laughs> Um, there are a bunch of nerds in my office that will be betting it. I will not be one of them. Pre-game prop that I do like, though, Gladys Knight over a minute 50 on the National Anthem. Okay, so how did you end up there? Because everybody's been talking about 1991, and I know it was a long time ago, uh, that you have to go under. It w- was it information Listen, yesterday? This is a big stage. Gladys Knight is a professional singer. She's been around a long time. This is a big moment for her in Atlanta. And also, she's, she's a soul singer. I don't think she's going to milk this song the way we've seen some people do in the past, but she's just not a fast singer. She's also, you know, 70-something years old. I, I don't see this thing coming in. Honestly, I don't see it coming in in two minutes. There's a mic, there's a mic stand prop, and I think your guy, Chad Millman, was, had a hot <laughs> take on that one. I don't know. Chad's an idiot. <laughs> Chad forced me to agree with Darren Ravel on that. There's, there's going to be a mic stand. Yeah, there probably will be. She'll probably be set up on one of those, you know, individual podiums shaped like a star or something, and there'll be a mic stand out there. I don't think she's walking out with a wireless. When are you going to fight Ravel? It could happen today. We're going to be locked in that office together all day and all night. So it really could happen today because he hasn't stopped tweeting since the moment he woke up, and most of it is just nonsense. Uh, I was laughing at Eli when you guys brought in Ravel. 
mean, it's just, I get the following, and I get it, but uh, people love to rip on him. Yeah, let me tell you, if you think he's annoying on Twitter, oh. try being around him all day in person. He's <laughs> the same guy. Blackjack, what are the other props that you love today? Uh, I like James White over 16.5 rushing yards. You know, the thing to remember about Belichick in Super Bowls is he likes to use guys he trusts. Uh, Sony Michelle will definitely get his, his share today. But if Michelle happens to cough that ball up, uh, James White's going to be the guy that they go to. He's been in the trenches with them. He's been in the Super Bowl. James White's a guy they trust. I think they're going to use him. I think James White has a big game today. Um, I also like him to have over three and a half uh, receptions. I like Chris Hogan to have over three catches as well because I think you'll see a lot of double coverage on Edelman uh, from the Rams. And... Um, I think C.J. Anderson under uh, his 48-49 rushing yards. I think we're going to get a heavy dose of Todd Gurley today. Yeah, you know, I like those, especially your Patriots one. I didn't mess around with the Rams running back situation, but I, I, I think it feels like it's underreported. Like, they've had two weeks. If it's an injury, he's had two weeks to just sit down and get ready for this one. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, about Gurley is he sat in Week 17. They had a bye week before their first playoff game didn't play very much in either one of those two games. Now he's had another bye week. We're talking about six weeks here where he hasn't played very much. Either there's something really, really wrong with Todd Gurley, or maybe Sean McVay's like rope-a-doping us a little bit here. Maybe he tried to get by with C.J. Anderson as long as he could, make people think Gurley's not going to be out there, and then hope he can come out and run for 80 yards in the first half and just go crazy. Yeah, it's not like C.J. Anderson had a great game in the NFC Championship game. Uh, good stuff, Blackjack. Blackjack. Uh, best of luck today, all right? Thank you, my friend. I, I will need it with Chad and Darren. <laughs> Basically the same guy. At Blackjack Fletch on Twitter. He's an entertaining man. Uh, good stuff from Blackjack over at the Action Network. I do agree with a lot of his props. You know what? We have a little time before we get out to Vegas to check in with Jason Symbol, CG Technology bookmaker over there. Find out how the money is rolling in this morning. So I want to go through some of my props. I mentioned the higher scoring half with Blackjack. That is my favorite prop of the day. It's exactly what we saw in the AFC Championship game. First half, 14 points. Second half, and OT, 54. Of course, the Patriots' slow starts. Now, a lot of times, they end up deferring. A couple weeks ago, remember, against the Chargers, they did not defer, which shocked everybody. So we'll see if they win the coin toss there. Uh, NFC, it was the same situation. Even though the Saints did very little in the second half, the second half was higher scoring. So I really like that prop. A lot of these you can correlate in how you think the game's going to go. So I believe that it's going to be a close game. So, yeah, a lead change in the second half makes sense to me. Yes, that play that pays plus 130. Second point conversion. Second point attempt. So the conversion pays two to one. The attempt pays even money. I like the attempt. You're going to have a desperate team at some point. I know three is the key number, but it isn't as key as it used to be because we're seeing all these mixed extra points and teams just being more aggressive. Tom Brady completions. I think this is a strong one. I'm going over 26 and a half. Here's Brady's last five Super Bowls as far as completions go. 28 against Atlanta, 43, 37, 
27 and 29. Short passing game for New England. I think over 26 and a half is a strong play. And look at the playoffs so far. Against Kansas City, Brady completed 30 passes. Against the Chargers, even though it was a blowout and that game was over after the first half, he completed 34 passes. So that looks pretty good to me. Mm, What else we got here? I'll probably place a smaller wager on the first touchdown of the game. You have early action going on, and there's always value there. I look at the tight end spot usually when I do make this wager, and it's tough, really tough to hit, but hey, that's how you get some of these long shots. I like to play the tight end position in these prop bets. Play action pass near the goal line, you can see it happening. So the Rams... A lot of sharp bettors were going to Tyler Higby for this one. And I saw him at 28 to 1 earlier in the week. It was higher. Gerald Everett, also 28 to 1. That's a decent option on the Rams side. And the Patriots, a long shot there is Cordell Patterson. He could go Devin Hester style and start the game off with a kickoff return for a touchdown. So that is certainly an option. Some of the entertainment props that we have. Trump congratulates the winning team via tweet by midnight. I'm assuming that's Eastern time. Yes is the favorite at minus 150. Listen, if New England wins, this is a 100% lock. So like I said, correlate some of your parlays. If you think the Patriots are going to win, this is a prop you should probably look at. And I also think he probably congratulates the Rams. And even though he's friends with some in the Patriots organization, he would say great effort by them out of Brady and all that stuff. So I think that's definitely going to hit. This one was nuts to me. Will CBS show a replay of the missed pass interference call from the NFC Championship game? It took Roger Goodell 10 days to address this publicly. 10 days. And it's even money on a no. Of course they're not going to play that. Think about how busy it is during the Super Bowl. There's so many ads they're squeezing in with the longer commercial breaks. So many things that they want to mention. So I don't think there's any way. Pre-game, absolutely this will get shown. Absolutely. But not during the game. Speaking of Romo, there's one site offering the number of times that he will say, here we go. Eli, what do you think the line is? And here we go. Because we've all seen it. Closer games, Romo, especially late. He's saying it a Billion times, right? How many times do you think the line is? Six. <laughs> it's not six. It's two and a half. And the over pays plus money at 135. Plus 135? Bet 100, win 135? I think that's an easy over. Correlate your, par- correlate your props. I think it's going to be a close game. Remember, I just went through all these other ones. John Bon Jovi, shown on TV. Once. Not the bunching stuff where it's got to be two or three times or some of the other celebrities that they throw in there. So John Bon Jovi once, close friends with Robert Kraft. Maybe in a skybox with him. Show him once, plus 135. I know he was an Eagles fan. He's also a Patriots fan. But how many times was he shown last year? It was a ton. Now you just need it once during the game. I think that's a pretty good bet. Um, Maroon 5. I gave this to McNeil and Parkins the other day on the air. Maroon 5. Now, if you shop around from site to site, the numbers are all over the map, all over. 
Some have What Lovers Do as a favorite. Some have Moves Like Jagger as a favorite. Yes, I know who break you. Uh, Moves Like Jagger, I think that's a pretty good shot. Now, that's a favorite, I think, at most sites because you want an upbeat song and you want a song that's going to bring everybody in that everybody watching recognizes or at least most people recognize. And, of course, they know Jagger. So the classic rock people are brought in a little bit, even though they'll hate the music and complain about it. Hot take. People complain on Twitter about how awful the halftime show is. That never happens. I mean, it's just impossible to make people happy. Sometimes I wish they would just eliminate it so you don't have to deal with it. Okay, Maroon 5, first song at halftime. Here's the interesting nugget. If you go on setlist.fm, it shows that Maroon 5's last 41 shows they have opened with What Lovers Do. There is an offshore site that has What Lovers Do at 5 to 1. 5 to 1. Now, at this point, that may have changed. During the rehearsal yesterday, maybe that 5 to 1 is gone, but I think that's a pretty good option. That's the thing with these novelty props, these entertainment props. A lot of them uh, get taken down. So check your site. It, it may be down and it was up maybe a few hours ago or it was up yesterday afternoon. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. If you have any questions about a prop bet or about the game or just opinions that you want to share, some of your favorite props of the day, you can jump on in. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Also, want to know how are you making the party interesting this year? Aside from squares and strip cards, the usual way to bet the Super Bowl with a larger group. Anything else that you're doing? Text message is 67011. Okay, later this hour, I'm Fat Podcast drops by. Talk about your food options for today. Coming up next, we'll go to CG Technology out in Las Vegas and talk to bookmaker Jason Symbol. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, The Score. We've got Early Odds, a special Super Bowl edition with you on Sports Radio 670, The Score, getting you set for the big game today. My favorite days on the calendar. Eli, do you know about the first prop bet ever? Bears is all I have to say. Do you know more about it? You could you could explain it a little bit. Do you know more? It's a yes or no. Yes, I can't explain. I do it in the microphone. I'm asking you a direct question. Yes, I do because I read your athletic piece on Friday. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I think people are reminded around this time of the year about the very first prop bet and when it all started. Eli said Bears because we go back to Super Bowl twenty. Last time the Bears won a Super Bowl. Run 53, folks. But let's keep giving Matt Nagy awards. Do I need to start complaining about that? How Bill Belichick and Sean McVay got zero coach of the year votes? Oh, he should be the coach of the year. Is it the coach is it the best coach in the NFL? Or is it the team that had the greatest turnaround? That's what I'd like to know. I have zero swag. The award is trash. Jason Garrett won it. How's he doing? He should be gone. He should he should have been on that list. The ginger man. The Cowboys. It's coming up at 11 when Shane Irving drops by. Oh, it's going to be a blast. I had to record that one ahead of time. Okay, back to what I was saying for people that were wondering about the very first prop bet. Uh, we have some younger listeners. Maybe today, too, because <laughs> you talked to some bookmakers and about the profile. What's changed in the last year or two? So many young sports bettors out there right now 
But the very first prop bet was the William Perry touchdown in Super Bowl 20, January of 1986. The legend Jimmy Vaccaro is still a bookmaker. He just left Vegas to go run a book in Pittsburgh, believe it or not. You remember in that bear season, or maybe you don't, but the fridge got some rushes, got into the end zone a few times. He caught a pass, too. So they decided to post. William Perry scores a touchdown 50-1 to in the Super Bowl. That team was a phenomenon. Everybody going off, right, about this Bears team, greatest team of all time, or one of them. So Vaccaro posted at 50 to 1 to start off. 50 to 1. People love to bet a little to win a lot. So the money starts rolling in and it keeps coming and it does not stop. 20 to 1. It's down to 10 to 1. By the time they kicked off in New Orleans, Bears Patriots in 1986, <laughs> the prop bet for a defensive player to score a touchdown was 2 to 1. It went from 50 to 1 all the way to 2 to 1. And that's how your prop bets and especially Super Bowl props were born. And now, if you look at the Westgate or some other places, there are hundreds and in some cases over a thousand ways to bet the game. Unbelievable. All right, let's check in with the VP of Risk Management over at CG Technology out in Las Vegas. They have multiple locations out there. His name is Jason Symbol. You can follow him on Twitter at J-S-I-M-B-A-L. All right, Jason, where is this line in total going to close today? Um, I think two and a half is going to be where it closes. I mean, I can see if the Patriots action really starts pounding in, I can see like a Patriots minus two and a half, minus 115, or minus two and a half, minus 120. I don't really expect three, uh, to be honest with you. On the total side of things, um, it's 56 and a half, and I think it could go up a little bit uh, to 57 because you know, what we're seeing is a ton of people putting the over in their parlays. So they're putting the Pats minus two and a half and over. They're putting the Rams money line and over. But really the over is the one consistent thing there. So if they're going to put 56 and a half in their parlays, I figure they would put 57 in them as well. So we may see that. So the books that have gone to three, it looks like they're more public books, whether we're talking about offshore or out by you out in Las Vegas. Am I on the right path? Yeah, it seems like it. And I know I'm fairly certain that if we go to three, we'll take a bet. I'm fairly certain that if we go to two and a half, um, minus 115, meaning Rams would be two and a half minus 05. We would even get a bet on the Rams at that price. So at three, we would certainly get a bet uh, on the Rams. But, you know, we're okay with what our position is now, despite the fact that we have about 70% of the bets on the Pats. So we're going to kind of wait it out. Obviously, if we're going to take any big, you know, six plus figure wagers on the Pats, you know, we might have to change our mind. But as of now, you know, we're, we're sitting here at two and a half. Where have the biggest bets been going? So far, we've taken the biggest bets on the Pats. Um, a lot of them were actually before the move came to two and a half. So they were on Pats at pick and Pats minus one. Um, since it's been at two and a half, we've taken you know a bunch of five-figure bets on the Patriots. We only took two five-figure bets on the Rams. Both of them are on the Rams money line. It was plus 125 at the time, and then we moved it to plus 122. Have you taken any five-figure bets on the total or props? Uh, on the total, we have, um, and it was actually from Sharp Guy on the under, um, hit it at under uh, 57, uh, which is why it's actually at 56.5. In terms of the over bets, even though the quantity of the bets are a lot higher on the over, it's all small stuff. Um, you know, the public put betting it on the over. Uh, on the props, we haven't yet. Um, you know, our limit is 2,000 on the props. 
Um, and, uh, you know, if there is somebody who wants to come in and bet bigger than that, they would have to be like a house player. So those typically uh, come in very last minute. How many props did you post at CG Technology? And can you bring us behind the scenes a little bit about that process that you were going through a couple of weeks ago? Sure. So we have uh, over 400. I think the exact amount is like 408 props. Um, you know, the process is like it's, there's a lot of these props that aren't really team-specific, and they're the popular ones. Like, you know, will there be a two-point conversion? Will there be a safety? Stuff like that. So we already have that stuff kind of in the can for and with what we think the price is going to be no matter what. We might tweak it slightly based on the teams, but that stuff is pretty much already hammered out. Um, and then once the uh, AFC and NFC championship game ends, you know, the next day we'll get to work on kind of the – the player-specific props. Our goal, you know, we're in a lot of tourist locations, such as the Venetian Cosmopolitan, so, you know, our goal is to get the props up and out there for people to bet the weekend in between because there's a lot of tourists in town every weekend in Vegas, obviously. So we try to have everything out, um, you know, so we're putting up our prizes, and we open it up on uh, the Friday, the week before the Super Bowl. We put it out there for the over-the-counter only, not on our app yet, because then the sharp guys can come in. We, you know, it's easy for us to manage the sharp guys. They'll bet all the prices that might be off. We'll adjust it, uh, and then the next day we open it up for all the players on their account. Uh, and then, you know, once we get going, we'll open up the limits, uh, which we do the second week. Then uh, in the second week, we actually put together the cross-sport props. You know, we've got a lot of stuff tying in the football game to some of the NBA and NHL stuff that's happening that day. We've got about 30 of those. So we'll open those stuff up last, and then by pretty much Wednesday, the weekend bowl, you know, we're, we're you know, going full blast with every prop that we're going to offer. I usually don't get involved in the cross-sport props. How's the popularity of those when I have hundreds and hundreds to choose from, and then you guys are throwing in the cross-sport at the very end? I'm like, okay, okay, enough. I've got enough I have targeted. You know, what's interesting about the cross-sport stuff, what, what I find is people like betting the ones that actually tie together Saturday with Sunday. On Sunday, you know, they're really focusing on the game itself. So when we throw stuff in there, like on the stuff that's going to happen the day before with the Super Bowl, they, they do like that because, you know, you're kind of live to your bet with the Super Bowl. You know, in terms of like, you know, you know what happened in the first part of your game on Saturday, you're live to Sunday. And you also know that if you bet the Saturday thing and it performs poorly, you're going to lose it. Uh, so you can then bet again before the game. So people like those a little bit. You've got early odds, Super Bowl special on 670. The score, I'm Joe Ostrowski with Jason Symbol, the VP of Risk Management over at CG Technology. Do you remember the largest payout that you've had to make on any one bet in the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I remember it very well. And the reason I remember it very well is because it happened one year ago on the uh, Eagles. Um, we took, I think the number was like a $1.2 or $1.3 million bet on the Eagles' money line uh, last year. So that one sticks in my mind. Uh, the joke around here is the Patriots always cost them. When, they, when we need them, they lose, and when we need the other side, they win. Are we going to see more million-dollar bets? I thought we'd see a few by now. I haven't seen very many. You know, I do think there'll be a few of them, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be as many as, as in prior years. Which props did the market tell you that you guys are way off on? Oh, well, oh, <laughs> how, long do, how long time do we have? <laughs> um, cross-sport ones, yeah. that was way off, way, way off, was we put up a prop, Oklahoma City total rebounds against Jared Goff pass attempts. We opened the OKC total rebounds minus 9.5, and, and we had to move that one, two, three, four, five, six times until they stopped betting it. Uh, it's finally now uh, minus 10.5, minus 140 from minus nine and a half. So that one uh, certainly did not go well in terms of the, uh, the price that we made. And the other one really was kind of what I found quite interesting is the girly stuff. 
Um, you know, the sharp guys bet all the girly stuff under. I think girly rushing yards, we had to move down by about 14 yards, and same with girly total yards. So those were a bit off as well. I don't know if they have some intel uh, that others don't. How much do you guys need the Rams? Uh, it's going to be a pretty sizable decision right now. Now, the one good thing is that we actually do really, really well to the Patriots in our future. So if you kind of take the futures out of it, you know, we're looking at a multiple six-figure decision on this game. If you add the futures into it, it kind of reduces that quite a bit. So it depends on how you want to look at it. But there's really no scenario where we're not going to be rooting for L.A. So later today, you're probably having a conversation around the office that, okay, we really need the Rams. Well, if you need the Rams by a sizable amount, why not just move to three? Well, there's a point of no return with the three, right? So the closer you get to the game time, the harder it becomes. Because think of it this way, right? All of the people who have bet the Patriots have done so laying two and a half, right? The majority of the action, you'll say 85% of the action is on two and a half with the Patriots. So if you move to three and now you start taking hundreds of thousands of dollars of buyback on three, well, if the Patriots win the game by three points, you can't win because everybody who bet the Patriots wins their money. Everybody who bets the Rams gets a refund. So that is not a good scenario for us to be in. That's why the three makes it difficult, because three is such a key number uh, in the NFL. So there's a bit of a point of no return there, which is why when I talked about it before, you're more likely to see people moving around the juice than I think going to three as the game gets closer. Makes perfect sense. Jason, thank you for the lesson, and uh, best of luck today. Thanks so much. Jason Symbol, VP of Risk Management over at CJ Technology. I love talking to Jason. He, he lays it out for you uh, to help you understand what exactly their thought process is on a day like this. And off the air, I was talking to him. Uh, this is the, the longest day of the year for him. They, they, all these guys, especially uh, Jason in his position, because he's got to grade all of these props. So after the Super Bowl, when everybody's heading home or going to bed, a lot of these guys, these bookmakers that I'm talking to today, they've got to go comb through these book scores, book box scores and go over every single prop, hundreds and hundreds. So a long day for them, but usually a very profitable one. Joe Ostrowski with you on early odds on 670 The Score. And by the way, you know my favorite way to listen to The Score, the Radio.com app. It's easy. Don't always have a radio near me, not always in the car, but you just punch up your phone, you download the radio.com app, and the score is right there. This hour on the score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new websites, 56david.com. That's the numeral, 56david.com. So I'm with you till noon. Anthony Heron and Mark Grody will come in here from noon to 3. Our Super Bowl coverage begins via Westwood 1 at 3 o'clock, and of course, you can hear the game right here on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, if you don't know what this is, this is Early Odds, Chicago's only sports betting show, and it's a year-round show. We do it every Saturday morning. It started about a month ago, so maybe you should set an alarm. It's 8.30 to 9 a.m. every Saturday morning. I know once the weekend hits, it's tough to remember everything going on uh, on the air here on the weekend, but 8.30 to 9.00. You get out of the house, I'm going to go pick up some donuts, run to the store, and you can check out Early Odds Saturday morning. So we're doing an extended version for the Super Bowl here. Last week, I spoke with my guy Dan Bach. He's over at Roto Grinders. Huge daily fantasy guy. He grew up on the score. So I wanted to talk to him about some prop bets because that's the angle that he looks at these games. So I mentioned I'm not messing around with this Rams running back situation because I don't know what it's going to be. The season was on the line in the NFC Championship game, and they stuck with C.J. Anderson. 
but you have one of the best running backs in the game, Todd Gurley, on the sideline outside of four rushes. So I asked Dom, Dan Bach, what is your favorite prop for today? Gurley is a guy that I'm super intrigued with. I mean, last game, obviously, he only got a handful of carries, but he did actually find the end zone. And I think the one thing that if I'm looking to bet on this game, uh, you know, the touchdown prop on him is, is just too too juicy right now. I mean, I'm looking at it. It's minus 135 over on FanDuel. And this is a guy who basically I've been monitoring this every single week. He was like minus 300 weekly to score touchdowns. And I'm not losing faith. He scored in both playoff games. He's got two weeks to get healthier. He's probably not 100%. But when push comes to shove, do we really think Sean McVay is, with, with you know the Super Bowl on the line, going to put it on the hands of C.J. Anderson over Todd Gurley when they're near the end zone? I don't think it's going to happen here. I like Gurley a lot in this matchup. A little nervous for fantasy because I don't know about the yardage, but I think he's a great bet for any touchdown prop, whether it's first touchdown or any time touchdown. Like in the NFC title game, when he had very little time on the field, he did end up scoring a touchdown. Exactly, and if he gets back onto the field for you know 80% of the snaps like he did the, the first 16 weeks of the regular season, then this is a guy whose equity goes way up. And, and I just am not sold that C.J. Anderson is going to be the difference maker here in the Super Bowl with two weeks to go. So uh, I am all in on Todd Gurley on definitely a bunch of props this week. Do you have an early lean on Super Bowl 53? I do. I, I'm, uh, I'm in the camp on the Rams. Uh, my, the way I'm looking at this game is who do we think the best football player is in this game? If I had to ask you who the best football player is in the game, who, do you, who would you say? It's Aaron Donald, the 18-1 to 1 MVP. Exactly. You nailed it. Aaron Donald. And the one thing that Tom Brady has shown over you know, his career is he hates getting pressure. And this is the one thing that I think the Rams are going to be able to do with Donald up the middle. You know, Fowler had a nice game uh, against the Saints. Obviously, Sue had a couple of sacks. I mean, this, uh, this defensive front is just an absolute beast, and I just don't know that the Patriots are going to be able to slow down Aaron Donald. You know, when Brady faces pressure, that's when he's at his worst. You know, last year when they lost the Super Bowl, you know, that was a shootout. That was a different circumstance. But if you look back to those games, uh, in particular like uh, against the Denver Broncos, it was the defense that was getting in his face that he could not handle. I predict that happens here. I like the Rams to win this game. That was Dan Bach, Roto-Grinders, joining me last week on Early Odds. He lays out a pretty strong case. I like that Todd Gurley, minus 150 to score a touchdown, scored a week ago when he was barely on the field. When it's money time, are you going to C.G. Anderson or are you going to Todd Gurley? I wonder if we're going to see the usage that we did during the regular season with Gurley here. Like I said, as far as the rushing props, the over-unders on that, I'm not messing with those on the Rams side. But, man, Patriots side, too, because even though Sonny Michelle has been the bell cow this season for the Patriots, you just never know with, the, with Belichick. I just I like more. I like other props. There are too many other options. Uh, this hour on the score is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Looking to take family or friends out to a game? Try Chicago Wolves fan four-pack for tickets, for Vienna beef hot dogs, for drinks, popcorn, all at one low price, and enjoy free parking this season courtesy of Kia. Visit ChicagoWolves.com. For ticket information, Joe Ostrowski with you. 
Here's the big bet betting news going on as far as the Super Bowl goes. And a lot of this happened in the last 24 hours. Better X is back. Better X hitting shops out in Vegas. Went to MGM, bet $2 million on the Rams to win. That would be a $2.4 million win. William Hill bet $1.5 mil. South Point, $300,000. Better X has bet $3.8 million on the Rams to win. Public going to be right? Better X going to be right? It'll be a lot of fun. Any questions that you'd like me to address, text me at 67011. But up next, the I'm Fat podcast will be here. Jay Zawoski and Rick Camp will tell you what you should pick up and bring to the Super Bowl party. You can't show up empty-handed. That's next. Early odds on the score. Super Bowl coverage on the score is presented by Sprint. Sprint's a brighter future for all. Joe Ostrowski with you. You've got early odds, the Super Bowl edition, three hours. I'm still getting a lot of text asking about the podcast. Is the podcast going to be available? Yes, 100%. We understand that on Super Bowl morning, on the weekend, especially if you have kids, you can't sit around the radio for three hours. So I understand that. You can listen here and there when you're running around town. Getting some errands done, but the podcast is going up on 670thescore.com. You can also search Early Odds. I'll be posting it on my feed. It's on iTunes, Google Play Music, also Stitcher. And by the way, so Early Odds, the radio show, is every Saturday. I've mentioned that today. But I also do a podcast-only version. I'm going to be recording that tomorrow after my update shift with Aaron Kessler. He's originally from Chicago. He's a sportsbook director at the Golden Nugget. I do that with him every single week. So we'll talk about the aftermath. That's going to be in podcast-only form. But all three hours from this morning's show are out there via podcast, and you can go through uh, whatever you missed. A lot of different ideas. I love this stuff. Personally, I love this stuff with the sharp betters, just finding out what, what they're doing, which props that they decided to attack when they have options of hundreds and hundreds, which ones that they follow and say, yeah, that's where I have an advantage the books set a bad line there. This is how I think the game's going to play out. It's absolutely fascinating. Uh, any other questions, suggestions, text messages available? Uh, just send them, 67011, I'm on Twitter, at Joe0670. All right, guys, the big question. What do you show up at the party with? You have some cash to bet on. That's going to happen. It's going to be a good time, but you have to bring some food and or beer, right? So I grabbed the Amfab podcast after the Bernstein and McKnight show on Friday. Brought them in the studio and got some suggestions. Follow them on Twitter at I'm Fat Pod. Here's Jay Zawoski and Rick Camp. You guys are the only guests I'm having today. And I don't give a damn about your picks, okay? There's listeners to 670 The Score driving to the store right now thinking, what the hell am I going to bring to this Super Bowl party? I can't show up empty-handed. So, Rick and Jay, I need you to break this down for me, but I'm wondering if I made a big mistake, though, because the last party I attended with both of you guys was a party at Jay's house, and Rick Camp showed up with a veggie tray. I thought we weren't speaking of this anymore. (laughs) No, no, no. You're Mr. I'm a fat, (sighs) at I'm fat pod on Twitter. I'm also it, I, I'm also Mr. Would like to keep my wife around. And you showed up with a <laughs> veggie tray. Yes. Why? 
Yeah, that's uh, he's gonna have a hard time living that one down. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. It was the funniest thing too because Rick walked in. <laughs> like, what how'd is- you know what that was? <laughs> did you even know that existed? Like, did you find it roadside? And I don't think many. Well, there were some women there, so maybe they touched it, but. I was not interested in the veggie tray whatsoever. Nobody was interested. I I hope hope the shame came across my face. Have you been invited to Jay's house since? No. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. I know. No, I told told Colleen when she, because it was, I forget why, if it was just laziness or whatever, I just had no interest in going to the (laughs) store. So she's like, I'm going for a couple things. I'll grab something. She comes home with a veggie tray and I'm like, you realize what you're doing to me, right? And then she's like, you can go back yourself. I'm like, eh, we'll go with the veggie tray. Should have just thrown it right in the toilet. I mean, that's where it belongs. I, sh- I know. <laughs> right in the toilet. I know. And at the party, almost nobody touched it. I know. And when we're, when we're walking away at the end of the party, you know, had a good night, whatever, I just go, ha! <laughs> okay. That's a perfect jump off point because I was going to ask you about the don'ts for today. What not to bring to a party. That's one example. Any other examples? I think there should be some communication about who's bringing what type of thing because there are so many types of dips that you could bring. There are so many different types of chips for said dips or without said dips. So if you have too much of one type of thing, it can be a little problematic. So if it's a text thread or a Facebook thread or something, people need to at least kind of coordinate what type of dish they're bringing probably the same thing for the beer right you want to have a little bit of a variety what about you jay with the beer thing every party has the macro brew and the micro brew people so you've got to accommodate both because i think people are militant about like miller or bud so i always just go with coors (laughs) <laughs> it's like, yes, you know what I mean? Like everyone will drink it. It's fine. And then yeah, you and it's have, one you don't have very often. Right. Like, oh, okay. I'm at it. Oh, and you want to cool. have some, some decent, you collect them over the years, like nicer beers people bring that you save for, for special occasions. But I'd say if you're going to a Super Bowl party with people, you really know, make something, don't bring a bag of pretzels and some ranch dip or whatever. Actually spend some time, even if it's something simple, like pizza bread, anyone can make pizza bread, but it's the effort. It's like the communal the potluck feel of a Super Bowl party is great. Everything there is good. Like, there's nothing simpler than pizza bread or grilled cheese or whatever, but everybody likes it. Everybody eats it, and it's just another great option in the smorgasbord of awesome food you have. So instead of just sort of wimping out and bringing, like, chips and dip or whatever, try to make something. Even if you're not a great chef, there's easy things to make. Rick, you have any other suggestions outside of Dan Bernstein's Chili? I mean, I'm a big fan of chili dips, like where you put yes. the sour cream in it. Chili dips yeah. are so key for me. I take that. I mean, cream oh, cheese, right? Or cream cheese. Sorry. Yes. So, yeah. No, that would I mean, that would be problematic. You hurt yourself today here. Veggie Whatever. tray, sour cream, and chili. <laughs> well, that actually works, too, yeah. but not as a dip. And right. actually, one thing that I do want to add for, for a no is, personally, I don't like big nacho plates that have everything all over the top of it, so that way... By the time it even gets to wherever you're going, yeah. it has like a third of the chips are gone because they're mush because they're under a bunch of stuff. That's why dips are so much better for those type of scenarios. So that way you can keep your chips nice and crispy, but you can also get all the bits of whatever is on there. If that is your sour cream or your lettuce or your chi- lettuce or your cheese <laughs> or whatever, that's where you get all that stuff involved. But yeah, dips are always safe. Go with dips. It's really hard to go wrong with those. If you can do something to tweak a recipe a little bit just to make it your own, that's key. 
See, on that, the seven-layer dip is the way to go because you are getting the nacho experience without the soggy chips or the three chips that are covered in stuff and the rest are empty. You can just – every dip is a is a full experience. It's like – I don't really love sour cream, but I'll plow through it in a seven-layer dip because it's one of seven ingredients. It's usually cheese, lettuce, beans, beef, sour cream, scallions, and olives. It's usually – I think that's yeah. seven – that's usually what it's, it's, it makes, and it, it it's almost like having a perfect nacho every time. So that's the way to go, to avoid the sogginess that Rick was describing. Plus, like, get your warm lettuce out of my face. Like, warm lettuce is awful. It does nothing. I don't get, like, why places put shredded lettuce on a burger. There's because no health they've done benefit. it. Because yeah. they've done it. You're right. If you're going to put, if, if you must put lettuce on a burger, and I'm not, look, I'll put tomatoes on a burger, jalapenos, whatever. I'm not opposed to the idea of, like, non-meat or cheese on a burger, but shredded lettuce just gets disgusting and wet, and I just keep the warm lettuce away. All right, let's assume that the listeners this morning to the Super Bowl edition of Early Odds is is like me. And so that means I didn't plan for anything. I'm going to pick something up on the way to the Super Bowl and arrive just in time because right before I'm placing my bets on my phone before I walk into the party, what can I get last minute that will impress somebody, at least somewhat. Or maybe I'm not an embarrassment. How about that? You could be the guy that brings pizza. I don't Ooh. think there's anything wrong with having a pizza option or two at a party. Most people think because you have all these other assorted things that you can't also have pizza. You can have pizza. And that will go. Yes, 100%. That'll go really quick. You could either do, depending on what the oven situation is, where you're going, get a frozen pizza, make it there, or you or you think just that little bit ahead in between your bets or while it's processing online, you call, you get that and pick it up on the way. However you want to do it, pizza's a real safe option, and you know it's going to be eaten. There's always a Buffalo Wild Wings nearby. You can go grab 25 boneless wings or 50 boneless wings. I mean, if you go down a major street, you're going to find somewhere that offers some sort of wings. Even like Chili's has decent boneless wings. That's really easy. Your idea with the pizza is spot on as well. Uh, But I I think just bring wings. And look, I was at a party once and someone was like you, not a lot of planning ahead, other things on their mind. They just brought like 70 chicken McNuggets. From McDonald's. They just went through the drive. You can get 20 nuggets. too. Yeah. Nobody's just going to leave the nuggets and not nibble on those throughout the four-hour, five-hour game, whatever it ends up being. A a 20-piece nugget is five bucks. I love the wing suggestion because actually the other day I was thinking, oh, Super Bowl Sunday, I'm getting wings. Like, this is a week in advance. I'm looking (laughs) forward to getting wings on Super Bowl. Guys, those are some great options. Good stuff. They're from Jay Zawoski. Well, I shouldn't say good stuff from Rick Camp. No, he gave the pizza, so that was good. He redeemed himself a little bit and uh, angered a few people by ripping on Jay, Jay not Jay, ripping on Rick for the veggie tray stuff. <laughs> people are mad. Okay, listen, it's the Super Bowl. I'm not saying you don't eat vegetables ever. I eat vegetables every single day, but we're talking about a Super Bowl. If you show up with broccoli and cherry tomatoes, people are just going to bypass that 100%. I mean, come on. I love this. People are just throwing in all their different suggestions at 67011. Nothing wrong with a veggie tray. Enjoy your quad bypass after eating meat. It's the Super Bowl, people. Veggie trays are important for when the chips run out. You have to have something with for the chili case. Okay, that makes sense for me. You have the carrots there. 
I say no lettuce on tacos, just a waste of space. Bakery-style pizza. Yes. Eli, have you had that? I'm guessing no, because usually when you have, you have like some, what was it one time? You, were, you thought it was the greatest thing. I'm like, yeah, it's. Probably Panda Tapa, Express. It was tapas. Oh, tapas. The first time you had tapas, you, were, you came to the studio and you talked about it for three hours. Like, yes, I've had tapas before. I've been to a tapas restaurant. I understand it was the first time and you really enjoyed it. But yes, we, we've experienced these things before. And then Barry yelled at you probably. 100%. <laughs> There's no question about that. You know, I agree with this texter. 224. I'm surprised at the fat's disdain for sour cream. How do they make French onion dip? I love French onion dip. If I have chips and dip, it's going to be Dean's French onion dip. Big fan of that. <laughs> People are ripping on everything they said. This is hilarious. 773. Who eats boneless wings? Discuss. Okay, good. Now we're getting all sorts of suggestions. Italian sausage stuffed mushrooms. Rib tips. Spinach artichoke dip. Yes, I'm going to have spinach artichoke dip today. Uh, buffalo chicken dip. I think that's a standard at this point. Uh, I bought Popeye's last year. That was a big hit. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I understood Jay's suggestion about making something, but that's just not happening with most of this audience. It's not happening with me either, being honest. All right, fun 11 o'clock hour planned. Around 11.20, Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw show, will be joining me. He takes a deep dive on the props that he loves. And you know what? He took a different twist on this. You know, he was all in on some props that I haven't heard a lot of people discuss. And at 11.40, Dwayne Colucci, bookmaker over at the Rampart Casino in Vegas. He's going to join me live. Coming up next, he's a legend. Shane Irving. Eli says it's one of the greatest interviews that has ever been on the score. I had to record early. I did this on Friday afternoon because the bleep machine... Got a lot of action, okay? So this is bleeped ahead of time. Eli's not going to lose his job, so he's not freaking out. Because if this was live, I would be concerned myself. I don't think I would do it live. Do live! I had to record ahead of time with Shane Irving. But Shane Irving is next. He's got a laundry list of props for you. Some that we have not discussed today. Especially My favorite is the Rob Gronkowski one. Get to that in a minute. Early odds, another hour with Joe Ostrowski here on The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.